Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to episode 116 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. I'm your host Pat. Today we're joined by Rick. Rick. And Zach. Hello. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Um, Favorite wattage of light bulb. <laughs> like the 60 watt. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot I can contribute literally that. nothing to this conversation. You guys never change light bulbs in your house? What? I change light bulbs. I don't give a fuck about the wattage as long as the lights are on. No, you need at least 60 watts. And you need the daylight because the, the yellow light ones just kind of... Yeah. Well, it's got to be a it's no, gotta The be yellow a light, light ones are a little more like mellow. Like, uh, like it's not the really bright ones are like, what the hell, man? Like, I don't need to see that much of my kitchen. <laughs> I don't want to see that much of my kitchen. I want my lights to be multicolored. It's like a fucking nightclub in this place. Pat, move on. It's way too early for this. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, this week we will be discussing the Nintendo Direct. But first, what have you been playing? Zach? Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of Redacted. And it's not, those of you listening, it's probably not the Redacted <laughs> that you think it is. No, it isn't. Uh, I've, been playing, um, I've been playing quite a bit of Death Store, which has been fantastic. Uh, I'm yes, about to... Yes about to fight the frog king and kick oh, his nice. ass so his introduction is so good oh my god <laughs> like just in general or when i'm supposed to fight him yeah like when you fight him like immediately before the fight yeah uh, okay yeah they have I like the little boss that. showcase where he like enters or whatever uh, okay i think that's it oh a little bit of apex too Play a little bit of apex but that's been basically it Rick, since <laughs> Zach doesn't want to pass the ball to you. You're hosting. You can transition. No, normally the person who... Okay, all right. All right. I appreciate the assist, Pat. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Rick, what have you been playing? So, same as last uh, episode, been working on the Achievement War. So, a lot of games, like I already mentioned, but I completed them to the best of my ability. A lot of games, I would kind of get the achievements and then... Like, there'd be a couple ones that would take me another, like, hour or two, and I'd just say, screw it, and move on to the next game. So, let's go down the list. Uh, I finished uh, Gora Goa. Nice. Uh, I finished Telling Lies. Ooh, how is that? I've been meaning to play that. Honestly, if you go for the achievements, you miss out on, like, 90% of the story, but it was good. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Um, I uh, played some Conan Exiles. There's a little, I don't say an achievement hack, but you can kind of go into like a uh, certain like developer kind of mode and like spawn things around. So that was actually pretty neat. It looked like a really fun game. Um, this is Conan yet- O'Brien? Uh, Conan uh, the Barbarian. <laughs> I was making a joke. The old yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice, yeah. Nice. Um, have yet to complete my Puppypedia and Paparazzi, but I think I got far, far enough that I just kind of put Paparazzi down. I played a game called Gav Gav Odyssey about a corgi in space. Like, I'm proud of probably like no, zero percentage of these games. <laughs> um, I, I played One Leaves, uh, the game Pat mentioned on the last podcast. Possibly uh, the worst game ever made. Honestly, like, it's terrible. Um, some Rec Room. Nice, nice. I was also pretty bad. I did that last. Oh, yeah. I saw that you had played Rec Room. And it was like, friends that played this game. I'm like, Pat used that for achievements. Yeah. 
So uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy, the game. I only got 5% of those achievements before I just, just... It was like, oh, here's a cool guide to get through all the achievements. And I played, like, probably, like, say, like, maybe, like, half an hour of the game and just decided it was shit and put it down. <laughs> um, some Doom 64. A lot of achievements on that one. But as I said, there are a lot that, like, I could have spent more time on, but I just threw it down. And now let's get to the part, part where... I kind of slowed it down and kind of worked on just playing games that I really like. So I loaded up Splitgate, played a game of Splitgate, uh, did a run in Hades, and then back to the achievements. I played probably about an hour of a game called Gang Beasts that is on uh, Game Pass. It's we one should, of those. Uh, we should all play that. That looks super fun. Honestly, yeah, it looks like uh, what was that? The totally reliable moving service mm-hmm. that we played that one time. Yeah, it has that kind of feel to it. Played a free-to-play dungeon crawler called Corgan. Oh, I've played that. Yeah, for achievement. <laughs> exactly. Um, I went back to unpacking, and it was a lot of missable achievements. So I just went back and kind of just breezed through it. I love unpacking. Um, in the middle of Full Throttle Remastered. Um, that's a double fine game. Uh, played a little bit of Undertale. Played uh, probably about 45 minutes of Cyberpunk now that they uh, updated it for current gen. How is that? It was very smooth. Like, honestly, I tried to do all the things that would kind of crash my game before or like have really weird, you know, glitches. Mm -hmm. But none of them happened. It was very smooth. I was very impressed. No T-posing or anything? (laughs) No, not yet. I need to go back to it. Have you? Um, So I'm curious. I haven't tried it out. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff out, but the one thing that kind of annoyed me the most in the original game was whenever you did crimes and stuff, instead of having cops follow you and like chase you and stuff, they just spawn cops like 20 feet away from you. So it was just like super annoying that you would turn around to try and get away from the cops and another one would spawn like right there. So I have yet to commit a crime. So try that out and check it out. Yeah. Cause that was super annoying. I uh, played a little bit of PC I uh, got a game called Submerged Hidden Depths. I believe that was uh, that was given to me from uh, Uppercut Games. It's a pretty cool game. Looks like civilization got it flooded over. Um, so you and your brother are on a boat, kind of going from island to island, which are actually the, like the tops of buildings and stuff like that, and uh, basically finding these seeds and throwing these seeds in like a corrupted plant, um, and therefore like revitalizing the area. You have a telescope where you look from island to island and just see cool things and you can sail over to them. Uh, so far, that's been about it as far as I played of it. Uh, it seems pretty fun. It's a really interesting concept. But uh, yeah, excited to get back to it. Yeah, and this is the one that's like, it has no combat, right? It's just puzzle based. Yeah, I'm not seeing any combat so far. It's mainly just puzzle. There are some areas you want to kind of avoid, it looks like, but... I can talk about it on the next podcast. <laughs> All right. And then you've also been playing Redacted, which you will be talking about later, which is a separate Redacted from Zach. Also not the Redacted you think is, um, <laughs> but it's a Redacted I'm, I'm very excited about. Oh, it's a game I'm really excited about. Yep. And I can't say anything more. I, w- I can't wait to talk about it. I'm hoping to have a review on it in the next week. So yeah, look forward to that. And Pat. What have you been playing? Yes, I've also been playing a redacted, a separate redacted from both of you guys. Uh, It is also definitely not a redacted that any of you think it would be, but it's a redacted. Um, You know, stay tuned for that probably next podcast. 
besides that, I attempted to do the achievement war this month, but then I, I think last week called quits because there's just too much stuff out that I could not focus on playing, um, too much stuff out both TV and, uh, game wise that I could not focus on playing like those like lesser quality games kind of just to get achievements. I did at the beginning, I got like 4,000 gamer score. And then I saw like, like a week later I saw Rick score and it was like past 10,000. I'm like, I'm not catching up. No way. (laughs) So I beat dying light two. I was going to review it. Uh, Originally chance was going to review it, but I don't think he's going to beat that game this year. (laughs) So uh, it's, I was thinking about reviewing it, but I kind of beat it right before horizon came out. So I don't think I'm going to devote the time to do a full review. I'm just going to talk about my impressions here as like a mini review. Um, overall the game takes a while to actually open up. Um, it is an open world parkour game, but when you originally start out, you don't have a lot of the abilities that you had in dying light one, like towards the end of that game. Uh, they never explained why your character is supposed to be a pilgrim who, you know, is kind of like a courier between like these last of the civilizations and cities. And he said he can travel uh, kilometers at a time and other people rarely uh, go outside of their walls of the city and stuff like that. Yet he cannot slide. If you are running, you cannot slide until you unlock the slide halfway through the game. He can also not like double jump or jump and jump again to hold on to a ledge. Uh, uh, A lot of things that kind of hinder your um, actual parkour and like having fun and traversal with the game. So um, it takes like four hours before you finally like open up into the open world and you have like a glider and um, are able to kind of do some of these abilities that make the parkour actually fun. So you kind of have to like slog through that opening part, which, you know, they introduce a bunch of characters. Some come into play later in the game. Some don't. I don't think they do a great job in their storytelling. Um, when I finally beat the game, there was one character I really cared about, and that is Rosario Dawson's character, Lawan. Uh, she does a really great job. It's kind of, I think it was their version of, we'll get a good actor and put them into the game and have them be like a main character that you don't play as you're just interacting with. So they can kind of, uh, shoulder a lot of the, um, character and stuff like that. Um, kind of like how cyberpunk did with, uh, Keanu Reeves. The difference between Cyberpunk and Dying Light 2 is that Cyberpunk had other interesting characters that weren't just this celebrity character. Even the main um, Jeremy Lee, I believe, is who I played as uh, as female V. Um, even she did a great job. Um, she you know out, outshined Keanu Reeves at some points in that game. And then you had all these side characters that were interesting and had kind of their own development. In here, I'm like... I'm just skipping through some of this dialogue because I'm like, I don't give a shit about you. Your motivations don't make any sense to me. Uh, And then the final boss battle is perhaps one of the worst in modern gaming. They do the cardinal sin of here's phase one of the boss fight. You have to get the boss's health down to this percentage. Now there's a cutscene, and now you're in a different location, but it's the same boss fight. It's the same mechanics you just have to get that boss fight's health down or that boss's health down to that same percentage again. And then another cutscene happened. I'm like, finally, I'm done with this boss. And then now there's another phase that is slightly different, but still basically the same premise. And then and it just, it was super annoying. It, 
the boss's motivations didn't make sense. They try and do a, a reveal at the end of the game where uh, it's supposed to like turn everything on its head, but it was the stupidest reveal ever. And I just did not care for the game. Um, apparently there are different endings based on your choices. I have no desire to go back and make different choices because the ending I got wasn't interesting and I don't see any possibility where they make this ending inter- interesting. So brutal. Yeah. Story is a big factor for me. I know it might not be for everyone. Um, you know, if gameplay matters more to you, you might enjoy dying light Two a lot more than I did. Um, I would honestly give it like a, a 6.8 out of 10. There are many other things I can go back and do like side quests and stuff. Uh, we played co-op. I played co-op with chance one night and that was fun, but it, it's like, uh, if I'm in chances world and I'm doing story missions, only chances story advances, not mine. So that's kind of like you do keep like your uh, upgrades and your uh, equipment and stuff that you get, but your world doesn't change based on what you've done in that other world. So kind of annoying there, but you know, I could see them adding more to co-op and having it be fun. I know they supported dying Light one for like five years and they plan to support this one for like another five. There was that story before dying Light two came out that Techland said it would take you 500 hours to complete all of dying Light two. I don't see any possibility in which somebody would be entertained for 500 hours for dying Light two. But again, that's just my, my impression of it there. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm not sure if Chance will, uh, I don't think he's going to do a review. Uh, I think he's kind of busy with some other game that he's not going to really be able to put any time into Dying Light 2 at any time soon. So um, you might get a different impression from him at some point later in the year. Uh, and then I also started Sifu. Um, I had a coupon for $10 off on Epic Game Store. So I'm like, fuck it, why not? So I got Sifu. If you don't know, Sifu is the martial arts game by Slow Clap, and it is basically a revenge tale. Um, they are very technical in terms of like the combos you can do, and it's almost like a fighting game uh, in this like 3D space. And at certain points, uh, camera changes to certain camera angles that you can't really control. Um, it is very technical. I feel like you do have to play it a lot to be able to understand the mechanics. But the gist of it is that you're doing all these combos based on the face buttons. Uh, you can block, you can parry, you can dodge. Uh, and then um, you can pick up weapons, you can use environmental takedowns and stuff like that. But you, every time you die, uh, your death counter increases by one and it adds that many years to your age. So you start off as a 20-year-old. If you die once, you'll be a 21-year-old. If you die again, you'll be a 23-year-old and so on and so forth. Um, there are certain people that if you defeat them, they're kind of like mini bosses, they'll take away uh, one of your death counters, so your life won't increase as much the next time. But it's all about like replaying, um, I think there's like five maps, um, each of them has like a boss at the end of it, and it's all about replaying those until you get better at the game, that you're earning XP, leveling up certain moves, um, kind of like a roguelite, so you don't keep all of your XP if you die if you get over age 70, that's when like the game resets. So it's all about playing it enough that you understand the mechanics to be able to beat a level at a younger age and have enough XP to level up your moves 
until you get to the end. Uh, I'm not like super into it at the moment. It is, it was fun enough when I played it. I only beat the first level and I was age 29 when I beat it, but uh, it's not something that I'm like, Oh shit, I need to focus more on this game. Cause it's so fun. Um, but it is, it is fun enough. And if you're into those technical brawler type games, I would recommend it, but I'm definitely going to put more time into it. It's just not something that's going to be taking my attention, you know, first and foremost. And, uh, that is because I am currently playing horizon forbidden West, uh, just started that. What's annoying is when you start the game, you have an unskippable cutscene of like previously on horizon, which I understand like that's, that's cool. Cause you know, not everyone's played the first game. You want to kind of do a recap of that. Even if you have played the first game, it might've been a couple years. So, uh, you don't remember, but make that skippable. Cause some of us last week watched, uh, a 20 minute previously on horizon, like explanation to get ready for this game. So, I mean, it is like three or four minutes that you kind of have to just sit there and you can't like skip or anything, but I found that slightly annoying. Uh, horizon so far, it is better in terms of combat and, uh, what you can do, like what Aloy can do in the game. than the first one climbing is still a little finicky. It's not as per, like, it's not as, uh, as good of a feel as like something like Assassin's Creed or even breath of the wild had, like it doesn't seem as fluid. So there are only certain things you can climb. It's not, you can't climb anything. Uh, when you tap your focus to kind of highlight an area, it'll highlight like the yellow, uh, it'll put like yellow lines on things that you can climb. Uh, in, in the early section, there's this one part where it's like, Oh, I need to climb that tower. How do I do that? And, so I'm just walking around this tower trying to find something to climb. Well, it turns out I needed to use my uh, grapple thing. I forget what it's called, but she has a new tool now, which is a, you shoot a grapple thing on it and you pull, um, you can pull stuff off the environment. You can pull chests closer to you. You can uh, repel to like certain areas that you couldn't get to normal climbing wise. Um, but you had to pull an object out of the environment to allow uh, something to drop for you to climb onto it. Uh, that wasn't super clear. Um, even when I was doing the focus, it kind of highlighted it in blue, but not enough that like it stuck out to me. So I spent like two minutes going all around this tower, trying to find where to climb and I couldn't find anything. And then finally I'm like, Oh, it's the blue thing here. But stuff like that is kind of a little annoying. Um, story wise, it is pretty interesting. I, I am finding myself more, invested in the story just in the opening you know hour to two hours that i played than i was in horizon because uh horizon's all about the mystery of what's actually going on in, in this world now that mystery has kind of been unveiled already so it's all about what you can do to kind of prevent something that's happening in the world right now but yeah it's it's pretty fun i i could definitely see myself spending a lot more time in horizon and and doing a lot of the side quests and stuff uh, but yeah, that's kind of taking my attention away from Sifu and some of these other games. And there's one more thing that I did play, but we will talk about that a little later. What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news. So not slow news is when we take, uh, new stories and discuss them, not like super in depth, but just enough that it's not slow, but it's not fast either. Or it's not fast, but it's not slow either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to kind of take some of these news stories and discuss them, 
until, you know, we feel we've given them enough time. So let's start with some movie and TV news. There's actually a lot of things that happen. So I kind of just bunched a bunch of, bunch of stuff together to make this one topic. So during the Super Bowl, there was a new Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, if you're trying to like go in completely blind, maybe stop listening for a little bit, like five minutes, just skip forward five minutes. But the trailer showed Patrick Stewart seemingly reprising his role as Charles Xavier uh, in what is what we think might be the MCU's version of the Illuminati. That was definitely Patrick Stewart, right? That voice is so... It's a pretty distinct voice. Uh, they, they do a lot of misdirects with their trailers, so I'm not investing a lot into this. That is true, yeah. I thought it was Patrick Stewart. It's almost confirmed that that's Patrick Stewart. There's no way that's not Patrick Stewart. The question is, is he Professor X or is he some random new character well, in the MCU? Why wouldn't he be Professor X, right? Like, it would be weird to not have him be Professor X. Well, well, I mean, did the thing with the... I mean, with the multiverse, uh, I guess he could be anybody, yeah. but like... But it would just be weird for him to not at least be Charles Xavier. He may he may not be Professor X, but it'd be weird for him to not be Charles Xavier. Yeah. If that so makes Rick, sense. Rick mentioned the misdirect that they had in WandaVision with Quicksilver, and then him just turning out to be Ralph Boner. So they might they might try and do something like that. Um, I feel like a lot of people will be angry if they do that again. So. I don't know about that, but with, you know, the, with the introduction of the multiverse in phase four, you know, we saw that in Loki, we saw a little bit of that in WandaVision, um, and obviously no way home kind of proves different variants of the same character can exist. I do think this is Charles Xavier, professor X. It might not be the one we know. Cause the last time we saw him as professor X was in Logan where he was killed. So, um, I don't know if we'll have that same timeline. I don't know if we'll have a, you know, Professor X from an alternate timeline where, you know, X, X-Men 3 never happened or like Days of Future Past never happened or something like that. Or uh, I did see a theory of like, what if it is Professor X from X-Men 97, the X-Men Ooh. show, just live action. So that could be interesting if they uh, go that route. Or it could just be a, a Professor X we've never seen before. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of rumors about a lot of cameos and stuff in this movie. Uh, there's apparently a rumor going around right now that there is a three hour, uh, rated R cut. I don't know if I buy that because obviously Disney owns Marvel and I don't know if they would release a rated R version of Dr. Strange, but it might be something like on the DVD or on the Blu-ray, you get a rated R version of it. Um, if that is true, I would really love it because they did say this is their first horror movie in the MCU directed by Sam yeah. Raimi, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this. Do you think there's any way they top no way home or was that like the pinnacle of it for you guys? I don't know if they'll have like the fanfare of no way home, but I think this is going to have a lot more like substance. If, if it is the X-Men being introduced into the MCU through multiverse of madness do you think that is on the same level of you know obviously no spoilers for no way home if you haven't seen it but introduction would, of stuff in i would home. say no no really i don't honestly i think there's much more hype and a lot more lovability around like just about every spider-man franchise um like you don't really hate them 
Um, there are a lot of X Men movies that were just god awful, and so a lot far, of good ones too. Like X Two was awesome. Um, X Two, I did enjoy Logan a lot. Days Logan of Future okay. Past was good. It's all right, but you know, like the X Men series right now has a left is a very bad taste in our mouths. Yeah, with Apocalypse. So I'm not too sure it'll have the the great reception that you know, say like Spider Man. I mean X Men. So, I mean X Men is super popular though. I mean a lot of people love X Men, so I think introducing them would would have a lot of hype. And they can but pick I, and I agree choose. With, they can pick and choose. And I agree with Rick though. I I personally have like a fatigue of X Men right now, just because yeah. there were so many and there and, and it was just weird like with that with that whole like cinematic universe i guess it was very like i think to rick's point it was a very up and down like you had movies that were great and then movies that were just horrific (laughs) i feel like that was what the roller coaster was like but i still think there'd be a lot of hype but not as much as it would be for like spider-man or something like that if you pick and choose and kind of like take the best parts of that franchise to bring in because you can do that with the multiverse to me i i'm I'm more of a fan of x-men than i was spider-man so this would be huge for me um, not that I don't enjoy Spider-Man. I did think No Way Home was great. Um, I just think this is, for me, it has potential to be more hype than that. So, um, But we will see the route they go. There's there's a lot of other crazy rumors that are going around about uh, Multiverse of Madness. Some that are just way too ridiculous to believe. But, you know, we'll see. Um, there was also a trailer for Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, during the Super Bowl. Uh, did you guys see this? What did you think of this? I did see it. Super hyped. Very excited. It does kind of confirm the the timeline that they were talking about and who the mains would be as far as like main characters. Uh, with them showing the young versions of Elrond, Galadriel, and Isildur. So I'm excited. I love Lord of the Rings. So I'm very hyped. Rick, what about you? I'm excited, but also um, like Amazon Prime and their book adaptations are just I'm apprehensive after Wheel of Time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be good, but I'm I'm not going to set myself up for disappointment. Yeah, I was a little let down seeing the trailer and realizing they're bringing in younger versions of these characters because now you've set yourself up for we know where they end up. So now if these characters are not acting like how we know them, you know, you're going to have a risk of angering fans or however. That being said, though, this timeline is like thousands of years prior. So it does make sense if they act differently it just is. because of the time difference. But the fact that you can go thousands of years before you have the opportunity to introduce new characters in that same world. Um, characters we never met. Characters we have no expectations of. So It, it is tough, um, though, in that timeline to not have at least Elrond there. Because obviously from... The Lord of the Rings, where they flash back to when Isildur takes the ring. Elrond's like, I was there. So, like, obviously he would be there. And then Galadriel, obviously, like, with her coming over to Middle-earth, like, she would obviously have to be there. So, it just... But I, I understand what you're saying. Like, there Are we going to a... have a young, sexy Sauron <laughs> giving people all these rings? <laughs> That'd be nice. I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah, that's going to ha- that's going to be it's going to be a thing that's happening. Like, but that, that's like, the hey, thing. With... I know, I, I know. There's nine of you. Uh, you guys want these rings? <laughs> but that's the thing with Sauron, though. He was very manipulative, and he mm-hmm. was able to use his like charm and his appearance to like 
win over. Like, even, like, in the first age, he was imprisoned by the enemy and then became the king's right-hand man. Like, like he's just, like, that kind of person. So, I like how you describe him as young, sexy Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's going to be the title of this, isn't it? <laughs> Young Sexy Young Sauron. Sexy Sauron. <laughs> yeah, show comes out September 9th. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I have Amazon Prime, so I'm going to watch it, but I'm not expecting amazing things to come out of it, but, you know, maybe it'll surprise me. So, moving on. Uh, Halo TV show was renewed for a second season and Paramount Plus clearly shows that they have faith in the show because the show has not even launched yet there's no initial audience receptions or anything like that but they clearly have faith in it what do you guys think you guys expect this to be a good adaption of halo or trailer look good from the last trailer we saw i'm not really sure what to expect i mean i didn't play many of the halos i guess do you think it's a story that they could like feasibly do while staying true to the video game storyline so they've already said this is a separate canon so it's not like you're going to be seeing everything from the game or anything, you know, beat by beat. Uh, this is a different timeline. It has some of the same characters. You're going to hit some of the same story beats. But a lot of this stuff, even from that trailer, um, stuff is not happening how we knew it to happen. So um, I am excited. They they did, uh, you know, Jen Taylor has come back as Cortana, although she looks different than we know her. Um, they did not bring Steve Downs back for the voice of Master Chief. They have a, a different actor um, who is speaking. I just don't want them to have, like the Mandalorian, have Master Chief take off his helmet. And we, we've known this character for how many years now? And he has never taken off his helmet. We've never seen his face. We don't need to see his face. But we've still we can still get character development without you showing his face. So... I, f- I have a bad feeling like the third episode, he's going to take off his helmet or something. And I don't know. I'm just not going to like it, but you know, it is kind of a, a good sign that they are have renewed it so early, but are you guys subscribed to Paramount plus? Are you thinking about getting it now that halo is on there? Uh, I do have it because a lot of the champions league soccer games are on there. I'm going to need you to log in when the show comes out. Yep. Likewise. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Actually, we'll just we'll just all watch it together. Yeah, yeah. And Why don't we do a watch party? And I, we don't need your login. We can just do a watch party. That's fine. More news for the gaming adaptations here. Uh, Last of Us TV show has been delayed. Uh, this was a delay because of COVID. They are still filming, and the show is now aiming for a 2023 date instead of 2022. Thoughts? Anything? No. You as excited? It's HBO, so it'll probably be pretty damn good, and the cast looks really good, so I'm excited about it. But yeah, I'm excited. I just I'm I think the first season is going to be a lot of like what we've seen from the video game uh, already. So it's just going to be kind of like yeah, I've seen this before. So I think I'm more excited for like what the second season would be personally. Yeah, uh, Netflix announces Bioshock, a live action film adaptation, still in early development. We don't have any confirmation of directors or actors. What do you guys think of a Bioshock movie? Well, I was too fearful to play the game, so I don't think I'll watch the show. <laughs> or yeah, movie, talks rather. of this way back when, when the game like originally came out, um, and it kind of just never materialized. But we have a statement from Strauss Zelnick, the CEO and chairman of Take-Two Interactive, uh, 
2K's Cloud Chamber Studio is deep in active development of the next iteration of the series, and coupled with our partnership with Netflix, we remain highly confident that Bioshock will continue to captivate and engage audiences like never before. I'm wondering if they'll do uh, a complete like adaptation of the first game, or if they're going to kind of go a different route and have it be like same universe, but new story, new protagonist, something like that. What I'm more excited about is the next Bioshock game as opposed to the film. Yeah, I agree. I'm more excited about the game than the film, but I'm excited to see what they do with the film. Like, I'm intrigued. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing for film and TV here, uh, Amazon Studios and DJ2 Entertainment have come to a new deal, which will include TV adaptations of Life is Strange and Disco Elysium on Amazon Prime. Any of those series excite you for a adaptation or... What do you think? Disco Elysium for sure. I didn't play much Life is Strange. It's it's odd to do an adaptation of Life is Strange because those games are very cinematic to begin with. And you're kind of like making choices and the story changes based on them. And that's such a big part of it. Um, and they are kind of like if you just boil down the story to the, the actual story without any of that um, choice making and stuff layered on, um, you kind of have like a a teen drama with supernatural abilities thrown in. So... Maybe if they uh, kind of do it as like, here's a new protagonist with a new power in a new teen drama situation, that would be fine. But uh, I, I, f- I think in the case of that adaptation, it would be a mistake just to make it a, a straight adaptation of the first game or one of the games in the series. So, um, But yeah, Disco Elysium. Have you beaten it, Rick? Or No. No, I still need to go back. Yeah. I haven't beaten it either. Um Story was intriguing, but I didn't get too far in it to really get, you know, it's uh, hooks in me. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that if they do like some sort of inner monologue or something that has a a narration. And have you played it? Have you played the, uh, the what, the final cut or whatever? I have not, no. Okay, that, that'll probably help you envision like an actual series of it better because with all like the voice acting and the narration, it, it works really well. All right. Um, Zach, having neither have played neither of these, any of these excite you? I've heard more like really super positive reviews of Disco Elysium, especially from Rick. I know Rick's played Disco Elysium, and he and he's raved about it. Um, so I would think I would be more likely to, or be more willing, I guess, to watch Disco Elysium first. But I know Life is Strange, like being, you just hate of... teens. <laughs> no, but like, but like Life is Strange being more cinematic. I'm like, okay, well, this is something that. They could easily adapt, I guess. Uh, so I wouldn't be like unopposed to watching that either, especially since they kind of have the a good framework of that. Because I know people really love the stories of Life is Strange as well. So I'd I'd be more than happy to take a shot at both of them. All right, moving on. Not so news topic two. Uh, there is a new Assassin's Creed game in development. Well. I mean, we knew there was a new Assassin's Creed game in development, but a different one than what you might suspect. Uh, according to a report from Bloomberg's Jason Trier, an Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC expansion codenamed Rift was morphed into a full game late last year. Uh, this game will start Bassem, if you're familiar with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, it'll be smaller in scope, and it'll have a focus on stealth gameplay. And it's planned to release either late 2022 or early 2023 uh he did reach out to ubisoft for comment um and they just said we don't 
speculate or we don't talk about speculation and rumors. So, I mean, Jason Schreier has a pretty good track record with these sorts of things. So I do buy this. Um, that is a very Ubisoft thing to do to make that expansion into a, a full game. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, smaller in scope stealth gameplay. Does that sound good to you? Yes. It sounds like Assassin's Creed. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. The smaller yeah. in scope is what <laughs> excites the me big the most. Thing, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want another 200 hour AC. Like the focusing on stealth gameplay. I mean, even like Odyssey, you could have done stealthily if you wanted to. It's almost kind of like how you approached the gameplay. Uh, obviously with Valhalla, they sometimes didn't give you a choice because you're a Viking. You're going to go run and do some shit, but it's the smaller in scope that <laughs> excites me way more. I'm, I would like for this game to be something more like if it's a DLC morphed into a, or, morphed into a full game i would hope it's nothing more than like a 20 hour game i would say even less than that make or like less a solid than that, yeah. eight to ten hour game yeah. yeah like maybe 20 is even too much but like just just compared to what uh, what the other assassin's creed games have been lately playing as bassam what do you guys what do you guys feel about that it, it's more like a like a revert to to type for assassin's creed isn't it focusing more on like the assassin order just kind of with the way that <laughs> bassam like like how that game ended is just kind of like ah, whatever. I would have liked a new character, I guess, but I was kind of, you know, thinking we would play as Bassam in the next game based on the ending of uh, Valhalla. Um, yeah, I wonder if them devoting a smaller game to Bassam means you're not playing as Bassam in Assassin's Creed Infinity. Uh, maybe you're playing as a brand new character or something like that. But you know, more Assassin's Creed, sure. Uh, smaller in scope, yes, please. Uh, focusing on stealth, why not? You know. We don't need a giant open world Assassin's Creed every time. So yeah, take it back to the more linear roots of the game, please. Yeah, and then we know there are they are also working on Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is a live service game with multiple historical settings. Um, I think that game is much further off. If they're thinking about releasing this this year or next year, probably twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, we'll see that one. Yeah, moving on, uh, last not-so-news topic here is that The Wolf Among Us 2 had an event. Uh, they showed a new trailer, which had the game running in uh, Unreal Engine 4. It looked really good. Like It looked a lot like better graphically, uh, performed better, and it had a uh, it kept like the same art style. So it is the... Um, yeah, the Wolf like Among animated. Us. animated. Yeah, it's the same uh, comic book graphic novel art style that you remember it just looks better um it takes place about six months after the first season bigby wolf has been suspended as sheriff and is now in anger management uh snow white is now deputy mayor uh and then snow and bigby have like conflicted views on how the town should be run uh they did say that they are waiting to release the first episode um until they have the full game done because they don't want you to wait months between episodes like you know the first season was. They want to have a more consistent release schedule. Um, and then they talked about maybe having a, a weekly thing. So like you pay, play the first episode, a week later episode two comes out. I'm really excited and that weekly schedule really excites me as well. That's how uh, well, Life is Strange True Colors was all, all episodes on the same disc. But Don't Nod's last game, um, Tell Me Why was a new episode released every week and i think that worked pretty well so rick um i think you're the only other one who's played wolf among us right zach you haven't played yep. it uh right i have not played it what, what are yeah, your thoughts played it. i have all the fable 
or Fables comics, or at least a lot of them, a good handful on my bookshelf behind me. Did you see the I'm new really trailer? excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had I'm some very Wizard excited. of Oz characters in there. Yeah, Tin Man looks kind of beefy. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do with the story. That's kind of where the main focus is. I'm happy like the graphics are clean and just gorgeous. But honestly, the one thing that I remember from Among Us is the story. And it captivated me so much. I bought, like, I think probably about 10 trade paperbacks. So nice, nice. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, Zach, have you seen the trailer for Wolf Among Us 2? I have not. I think you should watch the trailer and then go play one to be prepared okay. for two. I think I have one for Xbox if you would like to borrow it. There you go. Cool. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much everything for Nasa News. We did cover a lot there. Um, moving on to our topic of show. Uh, this was the Nintendo Direct. So we're just going to talk about the big things here. We're not going to talk about everything. Just the stuff that kind of interests us the most. So, started off with uh, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Uh, this is a new um, Muso type game in the Fire Emblem universe. It looks to feature characters from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, it is releasing June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. I'm not a Fire Emblem fan. You guys, Fire Emblem fans at all? I played some for the uh, Game Boy uh, Advance. Those were really, really good. Um, and I had the one for the GameCube. I have not played one since, but I'm sure it's amazing. Those are always really solid games. Yeah, I was actually going to say the exact same thing as Rick. I also played played one on Game Boy Advance and on the GameCube. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it when I played it, so I would definitely be be willing to play it. I don't think I ever beat one. I beat the one on the Maybe. Game Boy. I didn't beat the one on the GameCube. You know, it's like when a character dies, they're just dead. Yeah. So I would just like, restart level so many times that <laughs> just like would take me forever. And then eventually, like I'd get to like a certain fight where like my like any character would die, and just be like, "Fuck this," I'd pick up something else. Yeah, this is a, a Musa game, so like, uh, you know, the Hyrule Warriors and stuff like that. Uh, Nintendo kind of has like a track record of like them taking their most famous franchises, well, not like most famous, but certain franchises, and then turning them into these Warriors games. So. Do you think the there's Dynasty a Warrior game? Yeah. Do you think it's a future where we see uh, Mario Warriors? Oh yeah, I'd have no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Kirby Warriors. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Um, moving on, we had uh, Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp. Uh, finally got a release date of April eighth. Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, it kind of looks better than they showed it originally in terms of like graphics. So I think that delay did pretty well for it. Are you guys excited about this at all? Yeah, it's also one of those kind of like strategy games. Seem to have a lot of those coming out soon. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be the new uh, time loop <laughs> that 2021 <laughs> had. 2022 will be like, oh, top-down strategy. But um, yeah, Advance Wars 1 and 2 did really well when they came out on Game Boy Advance. So I'm sure there's got to be, be a lot of nostalgia factor to that. And they you know, they're just solid games in general. Yeah. Uh, this next one is for you, Rick. Uh, Chrono Cross, The Radical Dreamers. It's a remaster releasing on April 7th for 20 bucks. Uh, you have the option to turn off encounters, and it has an enhanced soundtrack. And it will also include The Radical Dreamers, which is a text adventure that was only available on the television. I'm very excited. I still need to beat Chrono Trigger. I'm further than I've ever been, but February happened, so I had to put it down. Um... Probably once I'm done with Redacted, 
I will uh, go back and finally beat Chrono Trigger. I'm actually like pretty sure I'm very, very close to the end. So, yeah, I'm excited about that because that's uh, what, a $20 game that releases right around my birthday. So it's going to be an, an easy get for me. So I'm excited because I actually never played Chrono Cross, which was released for the PlayStation. So I'm pretty excited. Nice, nice. Moving on, we did have a, this was their last big thing. We're, we're talking about stuff out of order, obviously. Uh, but Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was announced. Uh, this is releasing September 2022, and it will connect the futures of both Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm not sure what that means. I'm not a Xenoblade Chronicles fan. Uh, I think Chance got Chronicles 2 when it came out on Switch. Um, so if he was here, he would tell you a lot about it. And Speaking of which, where is Chance? He is he is joining the order of dog poop collection enthusiasts. So he had his first meeting today. That's disgusting. <laughs> the newsletter is really informative because, you know, they scoop the poop and keep you in the loop. That they do. <laughs> this, is a, this is just sounding like another fucking comp trolling meme that you guys have done. Comp trolling all uh, the way. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I, I suspect some of you will be very excited for that, and some of you will not care at all. Connecting the futures of both Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 just doesn't... just sounds like... like Well, yeah, right? I just realized something. I'm sorry. I guess Xenoblade is a continuation of Xenosaga, which is a continuation of Xenogears, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I had no fucking clue. I was just thought, like, Xeno think... sounds cool as a prefix. <laughs> Oh, well, man, I miss Xenogears. Okay, cool. So if you're interested, Xenogear or Xeno Chronicle, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 Remastered and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 are both on Switch. So if you're interested, take a look at those before this one comes out. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe had DLC announced, so they are doing 48 new tracks across six different waves. It'll feature remakes from classic tracks. Uh, it'll cost $24.99 for the entire DLC, so all 48 tracks, but it will also be free to anybody who has Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pack. The Expansion Pack is the one that is $50 a year, uh, not just the regular online, which is 20 bucks a year. So um, if you have that or if you're on a family plan for the Expansion Pack, then you will get this for free. Thoughts on this? No. Just excite you guys and make you want to play more Mario Kart 8? I, I barely played Mario Kart 8 as it is. Yeah, I, so. I love I love playing Mario Kart. Nobody else wants to play Mario Kart. I'm excited for 48 new tracks because I don't know. How many tracks are there right now? There's what? There's eight. I think there's 32 tracks right now. So getting another 48 for $24.99 isn't awful, really. Well, you're free more... for you. Well, free for me, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, if you were just buying the DLC, that's not yeah. terrible, really given the price of the game itself to get the DLC, but this means we won't get Mario Kart nine anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So they announced that the last of these tracks will release on 20, like the end of 2023. So that means, you know, 2024 is probably the earliest we can expect Mario Kart nine to come out. So yeah. if you were holding out hope for that, you are disappointed. I'm sure. Um, yeah, nothing else important here on number nine, so let's move hey, on. Hey, 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 this is the biggest news, this is the biggest news! 
Take it away. All right, so we're getting a new Super Mario Strikers. It is a great day for all of Mario and soccer kind. So Mario Strikers Battle League is the new version of Super Mario Strikers. It will release on June 10th, five days after my birthday. You will not see me on that day because I will be playing this game. Uh, if you are not familiar with Super Mario Strikers, well, I guess with this. So Super Mario Strikers was 4v4. This will be 5v5 soccer. Uh, there are no rules outside of you have to put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, basically, if you never played Super Mario so Strikers... you can use hands? Your goalkeeper can use... Well, well, it's actually funny because Donkey Kong only uses his hands. Like, he dribbles with his hands. Like, <laughs> um, So... It's 5v5 soccer with no rules. You get like super, you get like Mario power ups. So there's like shells and bob bombs and like all this other stuff. You're basically just, it's basically carnage with soccer and Mario. And now they're, they're adding obviously because Super Mario Strikers came back like way back in the day. They didn't really have online play. Now they're going to have online play, which is awesome. On a single switch, you can have eight people play, uh, which is sick. Uh, you can ha- now what's, Different is that in Super Mario Strikers, there were no, like, stats or anything. All the characters, like, did the same thing. Uh, There was no, like, no one player or character was, like, better than the other. But now you can have customizable armor, which will affect the stats of your player. So you can make them stronger or faster or better at passing and stuff like that. So there is a lot of customization. Uh, And then now they're having kind of different facets of doing it. The online play is cool. If you're familiar with like FIFA pro clubs where you can like all play online on one field together um, and control different positions on the field. There's a a version of that for super Mario strikers uh, where you can play online on the same team. And then uh, the special shots are different uh, because in super Mario strikers, you had to uh, like only your captain could do a special shot. And he could do it at like any time as long as you held B down. But now they're having like pickups on the field. So you can't just do your shot at any time. You actually have to pick up the, the item on the field to be able to use it. So, but kind as like you can tell, Ultimate I'm very Smash excited. And Super yeah, Smash exactly. Yeah. But as you can tell, I'm very excited because Super Mario Strikers is my favorite video game of all time. If you remember all the way back to episode one, we had discussed this. It is my favorite video game. So for them to make another one completely out of the blue, I was like losing my mind. I was texting all of my friends. None of them were nearly as excited as I was, which was uh, which was really disappointing. I mean, that's kind of Nintendo's MO with the Switch, right? Because uh, they did the same thing with Paper Mario two years ago. They announced it, and it's like, it's coming out in three months, and I was so excited. And then it was like, eh, okay game, but so, what do you think about this? I, th- I feel like this will be a solid seven. Yeah, I think so. I don't... I. It's going to be nice having $12 for it. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be better than super Mario strikers just because super Mario strikers was kind of like limited in what you could do obviously at the beginning. So it'll play off a lot of nostalgia, but I like how there's like much more that you can do with it and then the online play and stuff like that. So I'm very excited for it. It'll be a 10 out of 10 for me. So it's online. We could all play super Mario or Mario strikers battle league. I should say together. I mean, the only, the only way I'm playing this, if you bring it over, I'm not buying. Super it's Mario online. We could, pl- but, but no, no, no. But it's online. We could play it together online. We, you buy it, Pat. Buy it. No, <laughs> I'm not supporting this in any way. Why? Why? So, no, don't don't support this, but support me, Pat. Support me. 
No, that's even less <laughs> of a motivation for me. Uh, anyway, speaking of sports games that you know probably won't do too well, uh, Nintendo Switch Sports got announced. This will probably do well based on the success of Wii Sports. But this is a spiritual successor to Wii Sports. Uh, it will include uh, bowling, tennis, chambara, which is sword play, and then uh, soccer, badminton, and volleyball. And it will feature the leg strap that was previously used for Ring Fit Adventure, which you can use to kick soccer balls. Uh, it will release April 29th, 2022, and they'll continue supporting it after launch. Um, they announced that golf will be added as a free mini game for you to play later on. And I think uh, something else that they announced, but I forget what. But yeah, what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, were you guys big into Wii Sports or were your parents oh, big into yeah. Wii Sports? <laughs> Wii Sports was awesome. I think all the moms out there are like, yay, we get a, a sequel to our favorite Wii game. Wii Sports was so much fun. Wii Sports Resort yeah. was even better. I never played Resort, mainly golf and bowling on regular Wii Sports. That was my jams throughout college. Tennis was amazing because you would just get people walk up to the net and you'd just be swinging the, the rackets rapidly. So we're probably going to get um, a lot of broken TVs when people throw their Joy-Cons at them. But, you know. You I could see do? the leg strap kicking mechanic ending very poorly for some people. Like kicking the table by accident or some shit like that. This will feature online play, so you can play online with people. I don't think the original Wii Sports had that, right? It did not. It did not. Moving on, we did get a new uh, trailer for Triangle Strategy, and there was a demo announced. Uh, the demo lets you play the first three chapters of the game with your progress transferring over to the final game. I really like how uh, Square has been doing this with a lot of games. Uh, Triangle Strategy had a similar thing. Um, and I believe uh, Dragon Quest, whatever, whatever, also had something similar. Uh, but basically, uh, I played this. Obviously, the demo released the same day as the announcement. Um, you can play the first three chapters. Uh, the way the game is structured is there's three different types of scenes is what they call them. Uh, the first type is story scenes where it explains... It's just like a cutscene where you're just hitting A as character dialogues happen. You can kind of choose... Uh, like a dialogue choice um, when it comes to that point, but mostly it's just giving you the story. And then there's exploration scenes, which you are walking around exploring an area. Uh, you can find hidden items. You can talk to certain people, kind of uh, sway them one direction or another, which comes into play later. Um, actually, there's four different types of scenes. So that was the second type. The third type is a battle scene, which is basically the grid-based turn battle system uh, that I've talked to you about previously. If you've seen the trailers, it is Octopath-E in terms of actually fighting, but you actually have to take into account positioning and um, kind of play a chess game of moves in advance to kind of set up moves down the line. Uh, and then the last type of scene is the uh, uh, judgment scene. I forget what they actually call it, but it's basically um, each of your character, like you'll get to a major decision point in the story and each of your characters will get a vote. You do not directly control what they vote, but you are able to talk to them and kind of sway them. So in the demo, one of the uh, the decision scenes of the demo was uh, you can either go to 
one uh, kingdom or a different kingdom, and you have to kind of pick which one you want to go to. So half of your people in your party want to go to one, half want to go to the other. Uh, if you want to go to a certain one, you have to talk to the people that want to go to the other one and kind of convince them to vote. So if there's a majority of the vote, that's where you end up going. So interesting mechanic there. I really like how it's like you have to get to know your people and convince them as opposed to just picking one direction or the other. Uh, it is very games, game of Thronesy. Uh, I know I've talked about this before, but it basically the story stop, starts off with three kingdoms each of them controlling a different resource. So I'm going to forget the names of each of them, but one of them controls uh, salt mines. So they have access to all the salt and they control that one of them controls iron. So they have access to all the irons and the last one controls trade. They have the best trade routes. They're on the sea. They're able to facilitate the best trade. So uh, there was a war previously when it starts off, there's an uneasy alliance between these three kingdoms, but kind of like game of Thrones, all of it is structured in this uh, post-war time when there's an uneasy alliance and they're always referring back to what happened in the war and, um, you know, alliances and stuff like that. Um, you are playing as Saranoa, uh, who is the print or he's the he is now the head of a household, which is the second in power in one of these kingdoms. And he is marrying a woman who is she's the daughter of a concubine of one of the other kingdoms. So it's like an uneasy, like we want our kingdoms to be uh, connected somehow. So we're going to do this marriage, but it's marry It's marrying a Lord with a daughter of a concubine. So it's like, if war breaks out, we can ignore this marriage kind of like that political aspects of it. So I am very interested in the story. I am very excited to play this game. Um, it comes out. I think I had it on here. Uh, it comes out March 4th, so very soon. Um, I know I just threw a lot of information at you, but the game does the same. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Any of you guys try the demo, by the way? I have not I, yet. I tried the first demo that released, what, like, last year? Played a little bit of that. Yeah. This is a different, so it's not repeating any of that. But, Zach, are you interested in this at all? You played Octopath last year, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I've... I played Octopath. I'm still playing Octopath technically because I haven't beaten it yet. But oh yeah, no, I am super excited for this. Especially with how much I've really enjoyed Octopath. I I'm absolutely gassed for this. But I haven't tried the demo yet. I recommend trying the demo. Um, Especially since progress of, carries over. That's really yeah. nice. That's so nice. It is a lot of story being thrown at you. There's like moments where like the story scenes go on for like twenty minutes at a time. That might turn some people off, but it's it's an interesting story. They're developing all this lore and this backstory, so I'm I'm all into it. Yeah, if the story is compelling, that doesn't bother me. So, yeah. Um, moving on, we have Splatoon three. Uh, they didn't announce a new date beyond summer of 2022, but the trailer did showcase the return of Salmon Run, um, which is a a mode that was in Splatoon two, and it's basically you're fighting uh, co-op bo- bosses in co-op. So. They had a bunch of different types of bosses and stuff. Um, I'm not really into Splatoon. I don't know if any of you guys are, but it's not not something that's been on my radar. I think Chance probably is, but he's picking up the dog poop. So Kirby and the Forgotten Land got a new trailer. It showed off Mouthful Mode, uh, which allows Kirby to inhale real-world objects and acquire different abilities. So I'm not going to go through all of these, but we have Carmouth, 
So you inhale a car and you're able to zoom around. You have scissor lift mouth. So you can reach higher areas with the scissor lift. Uh, you have light bulb mouth, which lights up dark areas. And you have water balloon mouth. You can shoot water and clean up gunk and shoot like attack enemies with water. Uh, seems very reminiscent of like the Cappy abilities in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on this? Does this make you more excited, less excited, as excited, not excited at all? As excited. As excited. I mean, I'm, I don't know about y'all. I'm super geeked for this. I love the Kirby games growing up. I played like four of them growing up. I I've love those never games. been super into Kirby, so, you know. I'm, I remember like, really, yeah. I played so a Kirby game on the Game Boy Color, and then I remember Nightmare in Dreamland was my favorite one. I played that on Game Boy Advance. That was probably one of the best ones I've ever played. Like, they're... I love the Kirby games. They're so good. Yeah, we also got a little bit more story details. So you are saving kidnapped Waddledees. And once you rescue enough of them, they will start repopulating the town. And they'll help you upgrade uh, copy abilities. So they showed like, you know, the normal throwing fire one. And you can upgrade that to throwing of like volcanic rocks and stuff like that. Uh, at one point, Kirby turned into like a fire dragon or something i don't know it seems crazy but yeah kirby if you're excited for that it is coming out march 25th so right around the corner moving on we had uh, live alive so this is a never before released game outside of japan that is now getting an hd 2d remake the second you say hd 2d i'm i'm interested so good on square for supporting that art style but the story follows seven different protagonists across different timelines. Uh, these include, like, some of the popular ones here are Wild West, Imperial China, uh, Near Future, and Distant Future. It is going to be releasing on July 22nd for forty nine ninety nine. What are your thoughts on this? Not interested, Rick? <laughs> uh, it's not that I'm not interested. It's just, we'll see other reviews and, you know, see if it adapts well. So yeah. if I hear a lot of good buzz around it, or if one of you guys play it and you swear by it, I'll give it a try. You know, HD 2D is it's nice. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm, I, I would say I'm indifferent, I guess. Of course you are. <laughs> um, uh, and then we do have some announcements here that are kind of just miscellaneous. Um I'm going to go through some of these, probably not all of them. Uh, Metroid Dread had an a harder and an easier difficulty mode added, and a Bosch Rush, Bosch Rush mode is coming on in April 2022. Uh, Earthbound 1 and 2 are getting... They got stealth dropped on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, Portal Collection, which includes 1 and 2, is coming to Switch in 2022. And then Star Wars Force Unleashed coming April 20th, and this is a port of the Wii version. So... That's why it looks kind of muddied compared to what you remember if you played it on the PS3 or the 360. Um, yeah, and anything else from the direct that interests you guys? Or um, excited about the Earthbound drop. Um, not saying I just found out about this reading this outline, <laughs> but uh, that's really sweet. I had one of those little like uh, the SNES minis that they released a few years back. Mm-hmm. And I got pretty far in Earthbound, um, but now I'm excited just to have it on my Switch. Uh, Front Mission 1 and 2 remakes were announced. Um, I mainly only played Front Mission 3 on the PlayStation 1, so probably be pretty cool to go back and play those as well. Another so, top-down strategy game. 
It's it's the year. <laughs> Zach, anything for you? Uh no, I think I think that's everything. Portal Portal One and Two. If you've never played Portal, play Portal One and Two. Those games are phenomenal. So that's if you've never played those. I would recommend that of all the miscellaneous ones. Clearly these old games coming to Switch do well, so they keep releasing them, so probably expect more of those coming out soon. Um, I was a little disappointed that there was no mention of Breath of the Wild 2, uh, but I think it does ultimately bode well because last year they mentioned it. They said it was an early development and they didn't give a date or any sort of year or anything. So I think we're shooting in, in this year. I think we're headed down a um, an E3 reveal with the name of the game and then a release this holiday. Thoughts on that? I agree. I mean, technically, I want it to come out next year because Zach has it on the fantasy. Critic, oh, this but... this is the year, man! This is the year. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Um, overall thoughts on the direct? I would I would give it a, a solid B. They announced a lot, a lot with dates. Um, you know, I'm excited for Live Alive, the Triangle Strategy demo. Kirby looks decent. I, I you know, a lot of stuff here. Yeah. I think not. Everything is for everybody, but if you were watching this, I'm sure there was a couple of things where you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that's awesome. Zach, would... are you giving it an A? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's an A++. Mario Strikers Battle League, man, come on. It has to be. Mario Strikers, Triangle Strategy, Fire Emblem, and Kirby, all in one, A++. A++. What are you going to do if uh, this year... Battle like Mario Strikers Battle League or whatever it is called, and NCAA come out. Which one's going to be your game of the year, man? Oh, it'll be Mario Strikers Battle League, one hundred percent. The the thing that's actually disappointing me, and I want to kind of take back my bet because they said <laughs> NCAA. No, 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 no. They said NCAA was going to use the Madden engine, and if that's the case, the game is going to be shit because the Madden engine is shit. And I didn't know that at the time of making the bet because they didn't release that information. That was not known. <laughs> You made so, this bet two years ago when they announced the game. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff you didn't know. I understand that, but I think I think scientifically I should be allowed to like make changes due to new information. Commissioner says no. And if the, those of you listening don't know the bet, yeah, Zach made a pizza bet saying that if uh, NCAA is not what was it game of the year, best selling game, best selling. It was even more audacious. It was going to be the most, the highest selling game. I think I said of all time. <laughs> yeah, if NCAA is the best selling game of the year, in parentheses, of all time, when it releases, <laughs> Zach owes me a pizza. So, yeah, he will definitely owe me a pizza whenever this game comes out. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much everything from the Nintendo Direct. Uh Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Subpar subtitles. Wow! <laughs> All right, moving on to subpar subtitles. For those of you who don't know, subpar subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with, where I basically take the principle that game developers like naming their games franchise colon subtitle. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 
So I take um, a fake subtitle and I mix it with a bunch of real ones. And it's our panel's job here to figure out which is the fake one. Uh, we've been keeping score. We keep score all year. Uh, scores currently are zero for everybody. Mm-hmm. And everyone ready? Yes, sir. All right. Bamboozled. Champions of Vastoria. Labyrinth of Yumi. Dinner with Friends. And Mission Insolvency. Repeat those for those of you listening at home. Bamboozled. Champions of Vistoria. Labyrinth of Yomi. Dinner with Friends. And Mission Insolvency. Rick, what do you think? I'm going to go Dinner with Friends. Dinner with Friends for Rick. Zach? What was B again? Champions of Vistoria. I think I'm going to go with that one. Maybe. All right. <laughs> that for Zach. Uh, now for the twist. So you guys have the option to either keep your answer and that'll be three points if it is inco- if it is correct. Or you can choose to say all real or all fake and you will get double the points for a total of six if it is indeed one of those options. So, Zach, what do you decide? I think I'm just going to go with all real. Zach is going all real. Rick? Honestly, I wanted to go all real, too, so let's do this. Let's go, Rick. Let's Rick go. going all real. <laughs> Come on, Lad. Right, those are locked in. Uh, bamboozled. Not a real game. Really? Okay. Oh, shit. All right. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> Bakugan. Champions of Vistoria. Real game. Uh, Undernauts. Labyrinths of Yomi. Real game. Cooking Mama 2. Dinner with Friends. Real game. And Budget Cuts 2. Mission Insolvency. Real game. Really? Bamboozled. Score still remain. We zero. got fucking bamboozled, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> I, got, I got the crown. Like, oh, jeez. That sucks. It, it was so simple. It had to be. <laughs> I feel like I just got hoed, right? I sat there and I was like, <laughs> like, there's no way Bamboozled wouldn't be a subtitle because it would be bamboozly to pick Bamboozled and then get Bamboozled. So I was like, there's no way. It's like you never met Pat. <laughs> well, he, I'm, he, I'm the only the only time my logic has ever worked is when he had a fake subtitle in there that was called trench warfare and i was like that game would be shit there's no <laughs> way that's a game like tr- a game based solely around trench warfare would be <laughs> god awful coming out next year call of duty trench warfare <laughs> <laughs> battlefield <laughs> all right Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to talk about dog poop with Chance, it's at the Untitled Gaming Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. On Twitter, we are at TUGPOD. On Instagram, we are at TUG underscore POD. On Reddit, we are at r slash TugPod. And on Facebook, we are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Uh, our Twitter or our Twitch channel is also uh, twitch.tv slash tugpod. We ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five star reviews for us. One star review for every other podcast. <laughs> ah! Rick stop scared the shit out of me. Are you being attacked? What is going on? Roof, quiet. <laughs> Roof, bitch.
Ryder Ginsburg. Oh. No. Get down. The way you reacted, Zach, I thought that was on your side. No, <laughs> like, it was re- no, but the sound <laughs> dog just break into your house and attack you. Why did you scream like that? (laughs) Because it scared me. I wasn't looking at my my phone, but I didn't see anything happen. And all of a sudden, there was a dog. You scared Zach. (laughs) (laughs) You scared Zach. All because my neighbor's getting a package from FedEx. Uh, 